You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about how counselors as frontline responders can take care of themselves. Heather, this week we read four tips for frontline responders to stay grounded in psychology today. And the first point that they made was that counselors need to stop and check in with themselves. Very important skill to have, um, especially in mental health, because we may not always have sore feet or tired legs, but we definitely have fatigue and exhaustion. So the first things I do is just how is my body feeling in the moment? Am I cramped from sitting a certain way? Do I need to go take a walk? Mm-hmm. Um, am I hungry? That's always a big indicator. One of my telltale signs is if I drive home from the office and the car is silent. Like that's oh. usually an indicator to me that something is not in sync. Mm-hmm. Something's not okay. Mm-hmm. You haven't thought to turn the radio on. Right. You've or, just kept it off the right. entire time. Mm-hmm. The goal was get home and that was it. Get mm-hmm. home and go to bed. I was going to ask, how do you check in with yourself? Hunger, stand up, move around, go to the bathroom. What are you doing? You just ask yourself. If I feel tired or um, counting the sessions, how many more do I have today? Mm -hmm. Then it's a good time to self-check. Okay, what is really going on? Mm -hmm. Was that just a hard session you walked out of or was that you need to go reset? Mm -hmm. That makes me think, I hadn't thought about this in a while. At home, I can't remember. I mean, this is the point of the story. I have no idea what the disagreement was about. Right. (laughs) But I was disagreeing at home with my counselor that lives at home and he (laughs) said, I feel like this argument is not really the problem is all about. And I went and stomped off, marched into the other room, marched in circles, stomped around. And, you know, once I'd made a couple of laps, thought, oh, he's totally right. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I asked you how you check in sometimes. But I think in that situation, I had not checked in with myself and didn't recognize how I was reacting or feeling. But someone else helped me to check in with myself. Not ideal. I have a colleague that will every once in a while be like, what's going on with you? You're not Mm -hmm. yourself today. And I don't always know what that means. Uh, Heather, you also said something something that I think we skimmed past a little bit in our introduction. You and I assumed that our audience would agree with us that counselors are frontline responders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe there are other counselors who don't feel like they are, or we have and some of our audience might not be counselors or counselor supervisors and hadn't thought before that a counselor can be a frontline responder. How do you feel like we qualify as frontline responders? Well, I mean, just based on my own client load, I'm seeing nurses and doctors and teachers and people that are affected firsthand. I'm supporting them through what they're going through. I think I define a frontline responder as someone who is the first line of support. To me, that doesn't mean who we're providing support to, but what type of need we're meeting. Oh, I agree with that. That's how I think of uh, mm-hmm. of counselors or mental health providers as frontline responders. So we don't just have to be the type of counselor that works in an ER or that might have the first aid trauma response mm-hmm. training right. and so responds to natural disasters. Those people certainly are well. frontline responders right. also. We are frontline responders right now because 
so many of the experiences that our clients are having are present concerns right now. Mm -hmm. But thinking about how I stop and check in with myself, I think this sounds a little hokey. Everyone I say this to tells me it's (laughs) kind of weird. At the end of every day, I check in with myself by reflecting and writing a haiku. Mm -hmm. You do write haikus. Um, I make it part of my routine. And it helps me. It's my little decompression, helps me reflect. But I finish it and then read it. A lot of times we'll get an emotion that I would not have been able to define otherwise mm-hmm. and go, oh man, My today was, was bigger, tough. Right? Yeah, today was tougher than I thought it was apparently. Right. So it helps me to check and in I, with myself. I like that. So our second point in the article, understand your needs. I can think of an example for myself. When I was working through my PhD program, there were times with work and home and the requirements of the PhD, I was really pushing myself, stretching mm-hmm. my limits of what I could do. And there were times where the things that I needed were really basic, but necessary. Okay. Actually, the day that I interviewed was a really long process. The interview was. Mm -hmm. There were several steps. I think I got there pretty early in the morning and maybe did not leave until two or three in the afternoon. Wow. And there were group parts and one-on-one parts. And we ate lunch with a group of people, including some faculty members. It doesn't, I think, always stand out. But that day, I felt like the world's largest introvert. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying to sneak off. And I could tell that I just felt like my face was tired from being smiling on. and right. being present. And I would try and sneak off and just breathe mm-hmm. and be by myself. Mm-hmm. Even when we sat down for lunch, which was only about halfway through the day, I thought, I just want to eat lunch by myself. Right. I want to be alone. <laughs> Those times really highlight some of my needs or mm-hmm. some of my particular needs. If I have a pattern of something, maybe after a couple of weeks or so, I'm realizing I'm hitting a wall mm-hmm. every day at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe I've started a new routine just because. And wow, I'm more focused because I'm walking every morning or I'm doing something. So I like to put in routines similar to you writing at the end of the day. Mine usually have something to do with being either more active or I'm really bad about scheduling lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm really great about eating breakfast and I'm really good about eating dinner. So I'm making a habit of scheduling my afternoon separate from my morning so that there's mm-hmm. a break. Mm-hmm. Setting new routines is a big way that I find the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Finding for each one of us what that looks like, assuming that that's a discussion you have with supervisees as well. Yes, definitely. It's easy for some supervisees just to dive in and be so excited about the work they're doing that they forget to stop and take care of what their own needs are. I know I have said it to other uh, supervisees that I've had or people that I've managed, but I actually said it today. I just remembered. I tell people, you don't earn brownie points from me by skipping lunch or working extra hours or reading your emails on the weekend. I'm not excited by that. I don't think that means that you're a hard worker or more dedicated. I'd rather they acknowledge what their needs are Mm -hmm. and get them met. Sometimes it's just simple coaching. I have a supervisee that was having a very hard time doing paperwork and getting it done in a timely manner and we talked about different ideas. One of the things we came up with was to schedule her appointments differently. One appointment would be at 9 o'clock and her next appointment wouldn't be till 10.30. So mm-hmm. that immediately following her 9 o'clock session, she had built in paperwork time. She didn't need to do it forever, but it really worked to get her more comfortable. I think this is true of practicum students and why most practicum expectations are set this way. There's fewer hours and then an internship, they have more hours and once they're out of school, they'd be expected to have a few more hours. You need to have a few hours and build to more because it helps you to build your capacity, Mm -hmm. your capacity for clients and what that takes, but also the capacity to get the other parts of the job done as well. Right. Heather, the third point in our article this week, what are your resources? Identify them. Some of mine are, like I said, are pretty basic, but they're so important. If I get to my office and I have forgotten to bring a cup Mm -hmm. or my water bottle, it's a problem. It's a big deal. I'm going to have to find a point in the 
a day where I can go get or buy something mm-hmm. that I can drink water out of right. because it's that important right. within the day. I also think knowing your resources and your support system is knowing what things are your constants. For me, it's knowing that I have certain days I come into the office. Well, not right now. I have times that I come into the office just to have office time. Mm-hmm. Once a week, I have office time that's not for clients. It's just for me to be in my office. Whatever I need to get caught up on can happen. Mm-hmm. When I thought about resources, I was also thinking as a play therapist, a lot of the materials in my office, I think people would sometimes call them or think of them as toys. I think they're tools and I think they're important resources mm-hmm. that I need in order to do, to meet my goals, right. to do what I'm trying to do. Thinking about resources in that way, I thought about when I worked at the detention center while I was still in school, that I had to plan ahead, think about what I needed, think about how I would use it and plan for my resources so that when I was there with clients, I was prepared. Right. You already had something in your bag of tricks that Mm -hmm. you could Mm -hmm. use right away. Yeah. Planning for the resources, planning what I'm going to do. I think if we're not talking play therapy, counselors have resources, tools Mm -hmm. that they use in counseling all the time. We need to make sure that our tools are sharpened and ready. And some of that, I think, even goes to skill building. You all of a sudden have a lot of clients with certain topics coming up. Maybe you haven't taken a psychopharmacology continue ed in a while. Drugs change and knowing what you need mentally to be able to do your job effectively. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that also ties into when you're better, when you're taking care of you and what you need and prep for your day, you can be better for others. You can be the better therapist. You can be the better uh, supervisor. Yes, I agree with you. I have friends within different careers will show up to work with very little sleep mm-hmm. or they'll say, well, I really want to go to this concert and it ends really late on Sunday night. I'm just going to go and I'll just be tired on Monday. Right. <laughs> for some people, they can do their job well right. that way. I can't do my job well right. that way. Maybe even there are other counselors that can plan ahead. That day, I'm just going to be kind of tired mm-hmm. and they can do their job well on less sleep. I can't. Right. I think that's a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. No, understand my needs. Be aware of my resources. That's a lot of what we're talking all about kind, here. All kind of rolled together. The final point in our article this week was hold on to encouragement and hope. I think this is really important. I actually had a hard time thinking about what this meant to me. Heather, what does hold on to encouragement and hope mean for you? I think I have to seek that. I think I have to go looking for it. I love a good quick article, usually a social media post that people doing better for other people or a sweet story that'll make a lot of people tear up. I think it also helps me to talk to others about what their successes are what because it'll remind me of some of the things that I've been doing as well. No, I have talked before about keeping little keepsakes or thank you notes from mm-hmm. clients. I think that helps me. I don't even have to pull it out. I can kind of go through the contents mentally right. and remember that little cute thank you. Mm-hmm. One time I, I was doing a termination session with a pretty young kid. I asked him, today's our last day. What would you like to do on our last day? And he decided he wanted to paint. And he was very serious the whole time he was painting. Very focused and serious and making these big brush strokes. And when he finished and stood back and he was really proud and he mm-hmm. even pointed towards it like, ta-da. And I said, wow, you use so many colors and whatever, however I reflected. And he said, it's my picture of my beautiful Sarah. Oh. And I went, oh. <laughs> and so he knew. He was mm-hmm. saying goodbye. He was moving. Mm-hmm. And we, that was going to be the last time that we saw each other. So I remember things like that that right. kind of are heartwarming. Help you push through. Mm-hmm. Something else I do, definitely part of case conceptualization or staffing a client with multidisciplinary team. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to re- acknowledge and recognize the, the positive changes in the right. client to see we are making a difference. Things are better. There is change. One way that I can remember doing that would be staff meetings in the 
job that I held when I was putting myself through grad school Mm -hmm. and being able to look back on all of those clients. We really had the luxury of getting to work with those clients for years. Mm -hmm. Some of the people I worked with had worked with the same client for 10 years or more, really long time. So they got to see huge change, huge progress. We would celebrate if someone got their driver's license (laughs) or someone got a job Mm -hmm. and they didn't just get the job, but they held the job. They hadn't even gotten fired. Mm -hmm. I was telling you about a client that I had, I think I worked with him about two years, two and a half years. And when I met him, things were really not going well for him. He he was unhealthy, not taking care of himself and was not open to help from other people. He wasn't allowing anyone to provide him Mm -hmm. support. And by the time I left that job to focus more on school and finish up my last semester at school, he was really proud of himself. He bought cruise tickets for he and his sister. He saved up and he Mm -hmm. bought these tickets and he was so proud he was going to take his sister on a cruise. And he was also really proud that he bought himself some new outfits Ah. for the cruise Mm -hmm. and he thought he looked really snazzy Mm -hmm. in his new clothes. Moments like that, getting to celebrate with someone else, not just with my coworkers, but celebrate with my clients Mm -hmm. that things had changed and and there was so much uh, progress made. I think it's important to find that and I think it's important to find it when you have a work anniversary Mm -hmm. to acknowledge it, when you Mm -hmm. have something that you remember, I think that is a great motivating factor. That also, to me, is an indicator that we really are frontline responders. The type of work that we do can be really hard on our encouragement and hope Mm -hmm. and can be really hard to identify progress or change sometimes. So it's discouraging. Through checking in with ourselves and looking for these things and taking care of ourselves, finding hope in different situations, we're able to continue the work that we do. Well, thanks, Heather. This week, we talked about counselors as frontline responders and how we take care of ourselves. The article that we read this week was four tips for frontline responders to stay grounded. And you can find that in Psychology Today. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.